0: Thank you so much for joining us for this new season of Educators to Educators podcast. Today, it is January, 2021, and I have a very special guest for all of you today. Michael Creekmore, or Bearded School Counselor, is a professional school counselor for grades fourth and fifth, and a licensed professional counselor. He's a husband, an amazing father to four children, Michael earned his bachelor's degree in experimental psychology from the University of South Carolina and his master's degree in counseling psychology from Clark Atlanta University. He is originally from Virginia, but has been a resident in Atlanta, Georgia for over 15 years, and he considers Atlanta home. He has counseled, coached, assessed, and evaluated numerous individuals of all ages. Mr. Creekmore has also served as clinical director and clinical supervisor to community mental health programs and has been an independent consultant for the past 10 years. Throughout that time, he has supervised, educated, and assisted in the development of younger clinicians while promoting the importance of leveraging clinician expertise. In a minute, I'm going to tell you how I was introduced to Michael. But first, I have to say, Michael Greekmore, it's been a long time coming. Welcome to the E2E podcast.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Carrie. I truly appreciate it. I'm happy to be here.
0: You have such a good podcast voice. Like, as people are listening to this, they're going to be like, yes, that's a good voice for a podcast.
1: <laughs> thank, <laughs> um, you. thank you.
0: Michael, uh, I was thinking before we got on today that I think we've now known each other for two years.
1: Yes, it has. Wow. How time flies, right?
0: I know. When you're having fun. Michael, you uh, and your beautiful wife, Nita, applied to present at the first E2E virtual conference ever, the first 2019 New Year Reboot Conference. Do you remember that?
1: I do. I do. Yes. And I I
0: thought... Who's this power couple that's applying to present? And both you and Nita um, became E2E presenters. You've been part of the family and been a cheerleader of mine, an advisor to me. Um, just so grateful for knowing you both and you specifically, Michael.
1: Oh, thank you so much. The feeling is more than mutual. So just just know that we've admired you as well. And you've truly inspired us. Uh, as we pr- pursue our own endeavor. So we, we truly appreciate that. And you poured into us as well. We want to thank you for that.
0: It's been really fun to watch you grow. Just watch you grow outside of your role. Like I just read your bio. It's got a lot of amazing stuff in it, but you've also become um, an influencer on Instagram in which you post a lot of really fun content, but a lot of influential content that makes us all think, I've been really proud to just sit back and watch you grow that audience, knowing that you're going to have such a positive impact across the United States and across the world.
1: Wow! Thank you, thank you. It's 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 been a nice it's been a nice trip, a nice voyage actually, because I think I've kind of always wanted to partake in the Instagram world, but my wife had to help me out with that because. <laughs> Yeah, I was so, I was kind of nervous because she'll tell you, true story, she'll tell you that you just take too long to post. Like you overthink it. Like you just post it, just go ahead and post it. And I'm just, I I guess sometimes I'm overly critical. Yeah. So my content is not as much as probably it should be for the two years, maybe, yeah, two going on three years that I've been up there. But you know, I'm, I'm a work in progress with Instagram. So bear with me, family. Bear with me. I'm, I'm getting there.
0: <laughs> well, and not only have you presented for E2E, I've seen you be presenting for other conferences. You've done a lot of really important work around social justice and equity during some of the times that we've been going through. Both you and Nita have really stepped up um and Really used your voice in such a powerful way. And I couldn't wait any longer to ask you to be on the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about mental health for teachers during COVID. This is January 2021. We've been on a wild ride. And so, today, as we always do on the E2E podcast, we're going to take a bigger topic, this mental health for teachers during COVID, and we're going to break it down into three little subtopics or lessons. So, we're going to start with give yourself grace. Then we're going to talk about leaning on your supports and then finally process over progress. So should we get started?
1: Absolutely. Let's jump right into it.
0: Okay. So let's talk about giving yourself grace. This is something that I've heard a lot of in the last probably nine months or so. So let's talk about that.
1: Well, I think when we're talking about giving ourselves grace, there are so many Things going on. There's so many moving parts in the world right now, and I say that you know, kind of tongue in cheek, but in all fairness, it, there is so much that all of us are experiencing right now, whether it be personal or you know, in your classrooms, within then your family. It's just a lot of things going on. In addition to COVID nineteen, just because it is a political season, you know, it's a an election year, so there's that as well, but particularly, it's so important for us to give ourselves grace because as educators, a lot of us are closet perfectionists. And when you've worked so long and so hard at your craft and you feel that you've really got it all mastered or you're working towards getting it mastered and something like a, you know, just a doggone global pandemic comes through and wipes out all your latest and greatest plans, it can be extremely stressful. So I know for me, when I'm thinking about giving myself grace. I'm thinking about the fact that I'm going to get some things wrong. There are going to be things that I will undoubtedly mess up on. And it's okay. In this season, in this time, it is okay to mess up. Um, Now, we don't want to necessarily normalize, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, messing up, but we do want to normalize giving ourselves grace and giving others grace for messing up because it is not an easy time at all. I mean, we went from being educators went from being rock stars in the spring to, you know, super villains in the fall. Yes. Because we didn't want to go back and risk our lives in the classroom. So, there's a lot of stress right now for a lot of educators, and I want all of my educational family to know that it is okay to mess up, give yourself grace. Um, and with the giving yourself grace, also acknowledging that things are not going to be business as usual. No, um, that's been something that a lot of educators, particularly, uh, admin seem at times to have a difficult time accepting because we know things roll downhill. We yes. know that you know, from the district level. And then we know it's the you know it it has a way to find its way into our schools, so the local level. And your principals are often being tasked and charged with doing things or making things happen that they themselves may even have some type of you know mixed feelings about. But in order to maintain job security, they have to you know kind of make this thing happen, keep the ship afloat. So just knowing that it's not business as usual kind of falls into that giving yourself grace mentality because it's truly not. And if we try to act like it is business as usual, we're going to cause ourselves so much more anxiety, so much more undue stress because we're trying to just chug along like there's like the Rona is not out there causing havoc across the globe. So we have to make sure that we are Giving ourselves grace and making sure that we're not carrying on like it's business as
0: usual. I love that. I love that so much. Michael, I've been getting back to playing the game of tennis and it's part of my self care and stress relief. And you know, I did a whole episode actually called Tennis and Teaching where I talk about the things I've learned through tennis that relate to teaching. But one thing I realized playing tennis at like a pretty high level competitive, like doubles tennis, is that. Every point ends with someone making a mistake in that game. And I'm like many teachers, a perfectionist, and I like things to get be done well. That's how we're kind of raised as teachers because we have so many eyes on us. Right. And it's funny through that, getting back to that game and realizing like the it ends with someone making a mistake every time. But who ultimately ends the match are the people or person who can say, huh. I just hit that ball into the net. This is why I did it. If I do it again, I'm going to lose the point again, or I can make this tweak and the point's going to go on. And I think that relates to what you were just saying is that let's say, let's take that back to teaching. You take a step, you make a misstep, a misfire on something. You can say, I'm the worst teacher in the world. Like I'm horrible at this. I want to be done. I don't like this. Or you can say, hmm, I feel like I made a little misstep there. It didn't feel good. I can try this or I can do the same thing again. And I think that is part of giving yourself grace is like being okay. You're going to make mistakes right now. Everyone is.
1: Yes. Yes. It is so true. And even though, because right now I know, um, just coming off, coming off the holiday season, some of us may very well still be In the classroom some of us may be face to face and for those of you who are you know dabbling in the virtual world there are going to be times where you're going to try that virtual lesson and you i think you you have mastered it like you've practiced it over and over and over again right (laughs) Um, you've recorded yourself you've done all these things and something is going to go wrong Um, so to your point that, that is exactly what it is, knowing that, okay, I am going to mess up and I have two ways of looking at it. Like you said, either I'm the worst teacher ever and, oh, oh my gosh, this, everyone's going to laugh at me, all, oh my goodness, or, you know what, it's okay. You know what, next time I do it, I'll be better at it. I'll be better for this the next time I do this because this has happened and I've learned from it. L doesn't stand for loss, it just stands for lessons. So there's a lesson to take from that.
0: What about giving others grace?
1: (laughs) That's the big one. (laughs) (laughs) See, once we start giving ourselves grace and we realize, okay, you know what? I'm having a bad moment. I've done a little check-in with myself and I'm okay now. I can move forward. There may be someone else who's not giving you that grace, i.e., admin, i.e. school district, because there's still expectations to be met. Um, and it provokes some uncomfortable, uneasy feelings, most of which anger mm-hmm. frustration <laughs> mm-hmm. directed towards those who you feel like are not giving you grace. But the idea of giving others grace is always remembering that everyone is going through something. And I know in that moment, when you feel as though that person should not be granted your grace, just remembering that you wouldn't want it if you were in that predicament. Because as I said before, all of us are going through something, right? Like no one's walking through this world right now not being touched or affected in some way by what is going on in the state of the world today. So knowing that for many, you may not know what they're going through, but knowing that they're going through something kind of should prompt you to give the grace card just initially anyway. Now I know that's going to be difficult for some, because you feel like, okay, I, I I just played the grace card. They had grace and they blew it. And this is the fourth time <laughs> this parent <laughs> has talked to me like this about their student who is not logging on, who, who has all these zeros and they expect me to just pass them. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's a different conversation <laughs> realizing because I, I share this because I recently had a, um, a family that was not attending. Um, they had multiple children in the school. I'm an elementary school counselor. And they had multiple children who were not attending. Um, they were virtual but not logging on. So after some people expressed their frustration, I as well because, you know, if they're already not attending and the biggest fear for the education world right now is for our students to fall further behind because of what has happened and with the state of the world today. So a lot of students may be falling behind educationally. So now you factor that with not coming to school at all, then yeah, they're exponentially behind. So everyone's frustrated with the family um, because they've been given all these different excuses, a lot of different excuses as to why they're not coming, why they're not logging on. They've been provided all the resources. I know as I'm saying, this is probably sounds like this could be any family anywhere USA right now. Yeah. They've been provided all the resources, all the hotspots, all the Chromebooks. So there's no reason why they can't log on. However, it becomes very challenging when the parent, maybe a single parent, as I said, multiple children, no support, no additional resources, and they still have to work to maintain food on the table, lights on, rent paid, or mortgage paid. That becomes a lot. Um, So if you stop to put everything into perspective, that kind of helps because a lot of families are experiencing that same struggle that I just shared just now. Um, So when we take the time to stop and think about what is going on, that kind of helps us give the grace a little bit more. Now, there's no silver bullet for it. You're not always going to be, a, and here again, this is where it kind of comes back to you, meaning that you're not always going to get it right. Remember I kind of said that in the beginning? Yep. So yep. The, grace, the grace might, you know, you might fall flat on giving grace this time. And even with that, that, you know, it happens. You learn from it, you move on, and you try to repair that relationship moving forward.
0: Well, and I think that It's, it's when you were saying everybody's going through something, that's how life always is really. When you, when you really dig in and you start to get to know people, everybody's had something or is dealing with something. But I think what COVID's doing is it's like, there's turnover in that something more often where like you could wake up and be feeling really good about the day. And then an hour later, something kind of broadsides you or like, I know even for me, like my, my emotional, um, state, I have a lot more emotions during the day. Like I could be feeling good and then I turn on the news or, um, hear a story, you know, a teacher reaches out to me that they're devastated by something. So that's something I've noticed too, is like, it seems like we're cycling through emotions more quickly than normal.
1: Yes, we most certainly are. Um, and mainly because of the, the isolation component, right? Because we don't really have, a lot of the things that we may have done or been able to do that are mindful distractions, we don't have those. So it's kind of like the world keeps churning, world keeps spinning, things keep happening, and we have nothing to take our mind off of it besides the perpetual cycle of, of life with no distraction. <laughs> yeah. It's like no distraction. And then for those of, we have no distraction, but exponential stress because those of us who are, you know, educator parents or parent educators, we really don't get any time off because you come in as like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, let's, let's go over this. Let's go over these assignments, make sure this is all right. And then God forbid you cut on the TV because you can be watching just any major station, ABC, CBS, NBC, and it may get interrupted for breaking news. So, so it's like you can't get away from it. So you're right. It is like a perpetual cycle and it starts happening much faster. So you're trying to get your mind off of it, but you can't because everything that you, the things that you used to do to get your mind off of it only speed it up to so now there's something else that you're thinking about to replace the thing that you were just thinking about. So it's, it can be a lot and it becomes very challenging it can become very challenging to manage. So we have to be mindful of that as well, which kind of, I guess that kind of leads into the leaning on the supports part. Um, yeah, so of let's it.
0: talk about that, about leaning on to your supports. I don't know about you, Michael, but one positive thing I think that's come out of COVID for me is really knowing who I can lean on.
1: Yes, yes. This is what I call the ultimate litmus test, right? Like mm-hmm. if you didn't know before, you know now. Um, if you didn't realize, if you thought for one second that, that that was your person, then, you know, some people are realizing, okay, that's not my person. Or they're figuring out that, oh, that is my person, meaning that I can lean on them. They are, yeah. you know, there. And there's, like you said, it's a lot of good things coming out of it, that being one of the main ones, because we all need our supports. No one operates in a vacuum and we don't grow in our own individual silos. It doesn't happen. So it's important to have those supports and every educator has a support system that builds them up when they're down. So now more than ever, we have to lean on that. I guess before we can even fully lean on it, we have to fully identify who they are.
0: Yes. I think it's interesting. I've definitely felt myself in some ways having to put up some really healthy boundaries for myself because I tend to be a person that people lean on a lot. Uh, yes. <laughs> so for me, I've, and I'm good at that. It's a skill I've worked on really hard. So I just want to add to that too, is like, if you are a person and Michael, I have to imagine you're like that as well. And if you are a person that gets leaned on a lot, one, making sure that you know who your mentors and people you can lean on are. But it's okay. Like we were saying, figuring out who maybe aren't the people you can lean on. That doesn't make that person a bad person. Right. 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 It just means like right now, they can't necessarily be the person who they used to be for you. Or they just, they're struggling themselves with stuff. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I think it's important to think of, That part of it, too, if you're the person that gets leaned on a lot.
1: Yes, because, and that's an excellent point, because we know as educators, we walk into education because we have some of the biggest hearts. We want to help. So the idea that you may not be able to help at that time, of course, you think about, oh, man, I'm devastating. I'm, I'm devastating that person. I'm letting that person down. But then also, as educators, oftentimes we internalize it. Because we start thinking, oh, man, it kind of goes back to you start questioning whether or not you are a good person or you're a good friend. And to your point, you're absolutely right. You can still be a good friend. It's just at that time, you are attending to you, and that's okay. That is totally okay to do that, especially at this time. So the idea of beating yourself up about it, that is so not needed and so not helpful.
0: Can we talk a little bit about all these feelings that we're feeling right now? (laughs)
1: Yeah. So I like to say, take time to feel your feelings because I always say, and I even say this to my students, there's a difference between working past something and working through something.
0: Yes. Um,
1: So I know a lot of times we want to just, because we don't want to feel that feeling, right? We don't want to go through all those emotions. We don't want to be mad because we can't do things because stupid coronavirus shut everything down. We don't want to feel sad or upset because we have loved ones who are older and we maybe we can't get to them right now. We just want to make sure that they're safe. We, it's all these feelings that we have. And oftentimes we compartmentalize it, we put it in this nice little box and we tuck it away And we don't deal with it until those feelings start dealing with us. Mm -hmm. So the idea of trying to work through it is accepting those feelings, realizing that, okay, acknowledge the fact that I'm in a bad space right now. This 2020 freaking sucks. I can't think of like any highlights aside from you know, just a few highlights here and there. The but,
0: January and February 2020 had some nice things, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah, yes.
0: Jan- yeah, really?
1: January 20- yeah, January. But see, and even for me, the end of January was extremely tough because I'm a basketball fan. You know, Kobe Bryant, January 26th. That yeah, that was the beginning of the downhill spiral for me. So I, I took that one pretty hard. And I think the reason why I took it hard is because, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but the fact that he was becoming such a great global icon and just a fine yeah. example of a of a father, a girl dad. Like and then and then looking at the the age for me, it was like looking at it's almost like looking at facing your own mortality because he's only a couple of months older than me. We were born in the same year, just a few months apart. So you start looking at that data on the screen and you're like, oh my gosh, like he's gone. Like he was still relatively, you know, I consider myself relatively young, (laughs) even though my kids don't think that I am, but that's a hard pill to swallow. So here again, like acknowledging that, not just trying to move past it and say, okay, 2020, it's going to be okay. I'm going to get through it. Yeah. That's a good mindset to have, but when you're in the throes of those feelings, Take time to experience that. Like, don't be so quick to just, I'm just going to suck it up and stop crying. No, like, kind of experience that for a second before you move on, because in our rush to move through things, sometimes we make that mistake and move past it, and then we never come back around to deal with it. And then it catches us at sometimes, more often than not, it's the most inopportune time, like when you're in a class full of students, and then you see something that triggers that emotion that you never dealt with. That's kind of how that, how that happens when we don't work through things.
0: Well, and I've been very honest on this podcast. I did a couple episodes about grief. You know, I've been very honest about the fact that I lost both my brothers recently, five years apart. The first brother passed away. Actually yesterday was the anniversary of his passing. And like, I was trying to go back to a classroom and teach. So I did a couple episodes about grief and I could not agree more. I still to this day, Lean into that grief when I need to, and it helps me. I think you said go through it instead of let it pass. Is that what you said? I really liked that.
1: Yeah, it's because it's I I say it because I've seen people that are like you know we we all consider when we say strong people we all have in our mind who we think are some of the strongest people that we've that we know. And the reason why sometimes we consider them to be strong is because they've endured so much, right? Like there's so many obstacles they may have overcome in their life. And when they overcome these obstacles, we consider them We consider them to be strong because they seem unfazed. The average person considers someone strong when they've endured an obstacle or some type of crisis, overcome some type of major life event or major life tragedy, and they seem unfazed. You'll hear comments mm-hmm. of oh man, they're so strong. Man, oh, they're such a strong person. But that strong person that you consider to be strong, they may have simply been working past it just so they can appear to be strong.
0: Well, and then they have self-destructive behaviors that are probably happening behind the scenes. Exactly. If they, you know, from what <laughs> exactly. I've seen. And it's funny, I actually want to loop back to this because, okay, so you were talking about the with Kobe Bryant. And when Kobe Bryant passed away, and frankly, when any celebrity passes away, I really struggle with it. And I have to get off social media. Yes. Because I struggle with the side of, you guys didn't know Kobe Bryant. Both my, I'm 40 years old, 42 years old, and both my brothers have been taken from me. That's true loss. Like I get more of that. And, and I, did some research on why am I acting, why am I reacting this way, right? Like, why am I feeling this way? And it's, it's just such a great example of how an incident can make people feel so many different feelings. And your feelings about Kobe Bryant passing were so valid. And so are my feelings about it being really hard to watch people that didn't even know him grieve so much over him. right? Right. We all are going to, and neither of those feelings are right or wrong.
1: Yeah. And and that's that's a huge part of it because people will try to say, oh, that's right. That's wrong. Your feelings are that. They're your feelings. You're entitled to feel how you feel. And I know it's like such a therapist thing to say, but it's such a true thing to say because who can tell you that your feelings are wrong? Now you may have the now it may be possible for you to have the wrong idea or to react in, you know, in a manner that may be detrimental. Yeah. But your feelings are not wrong. They're just that. Your feelings. You don't have to categorize them by labeling them as right or wrong.
0: And I think a lot of it is just acknowledging like what we you what we just did. Right. Well, why am I feeling that way? Well, I'm really feeling that way because it's actually I'm not I'm not. I'm not upset with the people on social media who are paying these tro- tributes to Kobe Bryant. I'm upset with the fact that death even has to happen and that we have to grieve. Like I'm. I'm more upset that we have to, as humans, feel the emotions of grief. That's what I was really upset about. Yep. And to your point, what you were saying, and we are totally going on a tangent, and I don't care because I love this conversation. Is like you were saying that made me realize. So many things about who he was as a role model that we lost. And as a person that's the same age as me, who we lost, like that stirred sort up of feelings and emotions in you that are totally valid.
1: Right. And it's, you know, I think I haven't heard it said better than what you just said it, as far as just the whole idea of having to go through a grieving process as humans. It is one it's
0: horrible. The- I hate yeah. it.
1: Yes. Yes, and I know people, because like, people usually say that, you know, they're sometimes the best thing to say is nothing, because no one wants to hear those, oh, it's going to be all right, oh, this, like, that's not what you say at the time, you, Yeah, you no don't to hear that. But it's such a painful process, because it's one of those things that it, it, it doesn't go away, like, that doesn't go, like, you still keep that feeling, especially when it's someone as you said, especially when it's like a family member, that's yeah, extremely devastating. So yeah, just the whole idea of grief period, it just, it sucks. And 2020 is, you know.
0: Full of a lot of grief in so many ways.
1: Yes, yes, um, yes, exactly that. So many different ways.
0: Yeah, but I guess, you know, to kind of wrap this, our little tangent up here, but I guess at the end of the day, grief and loss is what makes life so beautiful in yeah, the end, right? Know, like we all lived on forever and ever and ever. Yeah, you're yeah. right.
1: It's like, you don't want to, we don't want to sound like, you know, like some hallmark expression or like some deep poem or whatever, but it is very much, it puts the highs aren't as high without the lows, so to speak. Yeah, so that's That's really what it is. So it really makes you, appreciate things a little bit more because you realize it's not here for forever.
0: Well, and I want to just note being respectful to anyone who is listening to this podcast right now that has lost someone they love to COVID. I'll speak for myself. Like, um, Please reach out to me. I haven't lost someone to COVID yet, knock on wood, but I have had a lot of loss and grief uh, with people close to me. me, And I just want to to put that out there. If you are struggling, uh, find me on Instagram, DM me. I'm always here to listen.
1: Yes, absolutely, and likewise, because that is not something that anyone should have to go through alone.
0: Let's talk about this. is a perfect segue to process over progress.
1: Yes, so because I've always got, I've always had the the luxury. I say, I say, I consider it to be a luxury because my wife is a career long ed- educator, so I've always had the luxury of being able to look kind of like through the window of education from a certain perspective. And I know and realize the importance that is there to have children progress. It's always, you know, benchmark test for this. Let's see how much they've grown from this to this. Let's see, you know, let's look at the gains. Let's look at the growth. Let's look at the, the you know, the overall scores. Let's pair this school up against this school and now i just feel like more than ever it's really not the time for that i feel like we should really be recalibrating our expectations for 2021 i understand that you know maybe let's see maybe january of 2020 (laughs) maybe early january before everything before the world closed down In, like, March, I understand that some districts may have been forecasting certain things and milestone tests and all those things. But I just personally feel like we have to put the process over progress right now. So, and what I mean by that is if you're a new teacher, administrator, coach, counselor, try not to prioritize test scores and academic growth over social and emotional needs, like, of your students and your staff. Like, because I know a lot of times we've, we've talked about, I know my school is huge on um, SEL, social and emotional learning. But it's not just for the students. Like, it's a process that we all have to go through. And I think right now that should take precedence over these, you know, milestones and growth and progress of the students academically. So I just really feel that way because if you don't, you're kind of leaning back into that it is business as usual and it's really not
0: mm-hmm. Wait. wow way, way to wrap that right back on around because you're totally correct that it leans us back into business as usual yep. the positive strength in me one of my strengths from the strengths finder test is positivity and putting aside all the grief that we're all going through, I often think I get fearful every once in a while, like, oh, even with my own kids, are we losing this academic progress? What's going to happen when my son gets to high school now? Is he going to be behind? And I always try to come back to, well, maybe we'll grow in the SEL category and maybe we can't see it right now because we're in the thick of it. But maybe we will all grow socially and emotionally coming out of this.
1: I think we definitely have the capability to. And I I, I say that, I choose my words carefully, because I realize that there are still um, some, some people, adults, who don't fully buy into socially emotional learning, even though <laughs> the The funny thing is it's really just a term because I feel like that has been like the foundation of most of our lives already um, when you mm-hmm. look at just the, the five concepts. But I think we definitely have the capability to because I, shoot, I actually, I hope there's no greater moment than now for this. I'm, I'm praying that there is not some other global pandemic around the corner uh, and and I, I say it because, you know, I we don't know what's going to happen. We're, we're in no. we're 2021, so I don't think, I'm hoping that that's not the case, but I feel like now is the, one of the best times to tap into that. And if we don't now, I don't know when there will be another time because it's kind of like we have, it's like having a captive audience because there is so much trauma that has occurred over the year 2020, that all of that needs to be worked through. And there's no better way to work through it in the classrooms to reach your educators and your students than adopting the process of SEO and really applying those concepts. So I don't am like I said, I, I really hope. <laughs> <You> know, <they laughs> well, need- I like
0: what you said. Apply it to your students apply it to yourself. I mean, that's one of the major reasons I started E2E is to build this community. I feel so grateful for knowing you. Um, grateful for our relationship, knowing that I can always turn to you for a great conversation. This has been an incredible conversation. So thank you for taking the time to be with us and share your wisdom and most of all for your friendship.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Carrie. And I, I think I have... Wait, I think I have another guest joining us. Give me just a
0: second. <gasps> oh, a surprise guest. The suspense is killing me. I hear her in the background. I think it's the queen herself, Miss Nita Creekmore, coming. Hello. (gasps) It is. It's the queen herself, Miss Nita Creekmore. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Miss Carrie. How are you? Hi. How are you? You're live. Well, not live, but you're on the E2E podcast right now. Oh, my Um, gosh. I'm so excited. Michael and I just had the most amazing conversation. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. I can't either. And it's so funny because I just kind of gave him a space. Surprised. Ooh, you're going to like it. We got kind of deep. We did. <laughs> um, Nita, so what are you going to come on to the E2E podcast and talk about? That's what I want to know. I don't know. What do you want me to talk about? I've been really um, digging into like resilience and teacher resilience and stuff like that. Mm. For coaching. Okay. I like that because Michael and I just talked about self-care uh-huh. and so- it is the perfect topic we're doing resilience I love it yeah I I can't wait because it's a hard time for teachers right now for coaches right now for everyone in education right now I know it's It's a hard time for parents who are trying to get their kids to do their school work at home it's hard for parent teachers I mean oh my gosh that's what I just got done doing like I was legit at the kitchen table with Eva our seven-year-old almost seven-year-old going over her work with her from the day.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Good job. It's exciting.
0: Nita, we are going to have you as a guest in this season on the podcast. Michael, we're going to wrap this up with just one more. Thank you for your time knowledge. Oh, and, uh, we will see you guys both presenting at teacher summer reboot 2021 with some amazing topic. I'm not sure what that's going to be yet, but we will get planning on that. And for everyone that tuned in today, thank you so much for being here. And as I always end the E2E podcast, just keep on teaching on.